Hey everyone, we're in a church-wide challenge that we're calling the Heaven on Earth Adventure. Because in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus taught us to pray, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we are to pray for the peace of heaven to come into our homes. We need to pray for the healing of heaven to come into our relationships, our neighborhoods, our workplaces. Now we know we're not in heaven yet. We live in a very broken and sin-sick world. But God wants to bring some heaven to your place on earth. But let's be honest. Sometimes life is so painful and the problems are so overwhelming, it feels like you're going through hell on earth. It's in those deeply painful, confusing moments that it's really hard to see any heaven in the situation. And the Bible's clear, God doesn't cause evil, he doesn't cause bad, God is a good and loving God, but he is also all-powerful. That means there are times when he allows suffering and bad things into our lives. He's all-powerful, so he could stop it, right? He doesn't cause it, but he could stop it. And that makes us come face to face with that disturbing question. Why does God allow so much suffering in the world? Why is there so much hell on earth? The Bible gives us several reasons, but it doesn't tell us all the reasons as to why God allows suffering in this world. One of the reasons is God loves you and he wants you to love him back. And so he had to give us this powerful thing called free will. Because love is not really love unless you give someone the power to choose whether or not they want to love you back and serve you. And so God loved us so much that he gave us the gift of free will where we get to choose whether or not we love him back. And because of that, we make sinful choices that are destructive to us and others. And so much of the evil in the world today is caused by sinful choices, greed, Selfishness, murder, arrogance, racism, hatred, lies, lust. Our sinfulness and our sinful choices causes a lot of the pain and the evil in our world. But that doesn't explain it all like natural disasters. Why does God allow hundreds of children to be killed in an earthquake? Why does God allow an innocent civilian to be killed in a war and call collateral damage? Why does God allow a baby to be abandoned and caught in a system where no one cares? Why does God allow a young wife and a mother to get cancer? Why does God allow a family of five going to church on Sunday morning to be killed by a drunk driver who's been out partying all night? Why? I don't know all the answers. I don't think there's anyone on earth who knows all the answers. And there are times when I just say, why, God? It makes no sense. Why did you allow that? But if we could really know all the answers as to why there is suffering in the world, and one day we will, when we get to heaven, we'll know all the answers. But even if God now told us all the answers as to why he sometimes allows evil and bad and painful things into our lives, it wouldn't help us. Really, it wouldn't help us. Because what we need when we're hurting is not answers, What we need when we're hurting is comfort. Comfort in our crisis. Healing in our deepest hurt. See, I don't have all the answers, but I can point you to the answer, Jesus Christ, and the comfort of his presence. The comfort 
that his presence brings when we're going through pain. And by the way, if you ever find a church where the pastor has all the answers, you just joined a cult. And you're gonna need an intervention soon. But one day, it will all come clear when we get to heaven. One day, all of our questions will be answered. Everything will be revealed. But today, I want you to see that when you're going through pain and nothing makes sense and it feels like you're walking through hell on earth, that's when God can bring the most heaven into your place on earth. The passage we're gonna look at today doesn't have all the answers, but it gives us 100% assurance that God will take your hopeless situation and bring heaven out of it. And no matter what trial you're going through, there is a purpose in the pain. And there is no problem that can stop God's heavenly purpose for your life. God never wastes a hurt. And God can take every hurt, even the deepest hurts, and bring heaven into it and out of it. So open your Bibles to Romans chapter 8, beginning with verse 26. And would you stand in honor of God's word and just follow along with me. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for. But the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us, believers in harmony with God's own will. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. For God knew his people in advance, and he chose them to become like his son, so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. Dear God, I thank you that no matter what pain we go through, you can bring heaven into it and bring heaven out of it. And so I pray for everyone today who's going through some of the deepest and darkest times of their life, that you would just shine a light right into their hearts to show them that you're gonna bring hope out of this hopeless situation, that you're gonna bring heaven right into the deepest hurt in their life. I know as we've been praying, you've been answering prayer, Lord, you've been bringing the restoration of heaven to broken hearts and broken lives and broken relationships, and I pray that you would keep doing that today in a miracle kind of way, for it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. You can be seated. One of the most famous verses in all the Bible is tucked in the middle of this passage. It's Romans 8, 28. One of the most quoted verses in all scripture is Romans 8, 28. For we know that God works everything together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And so many times this promise is misquoted. Sometimes Christians will say, well, don't worry about it because God says it's all good. It's all good with God. No, there are some things in this world that are really bad. It's not all good. Cancer is not good. Divorce is not good. Bankruptcy is not good. Losing your job is not good. The loss of a loved one is not good. It doesn't say everything is good. There's a lot that's bad in the world, but it does say God can take everything, even the bad and the most painful things that come into your life and bring good out of it. Romans 8.28 doesn't give us all the answers, but it does give us 100% assurance that whatever comes into your life, if you're a Christ follower, whatever comes into your life, God will somehow take it and make it into something that brings glory to him and good in your life. 
Romans 8, 28, this amazing, powerful promise doesn't give us all the answers, but it gives us 100% assurance that no matter what comes into your life, the good, the bad, the evil, the ugly, the anxiety, the depression, the exhilarating times, the painful times, the gut-wrenching times, that everything that comes into your life, God can somehow take it and make it into something beautiful and good in your life. What an amazing promise. We have great assurance because of this promise. But most of the time when we quote Romans 8, 28, we don't look at the passages right before it and the verses right after it. And so we're gonna do that today because they are just as important as Romans 8, 28. And you're gonna see that it means even more when you study it in this passage because there are three things that we really learn from this to tell us what to do to bring some heaven into a situation that looks like hell on earth. What do we do? First, keep praying. Keep praying. When you're going through hell on earth, you keep praying for God to bring heaven into it. You gotta keep praying. That's what we've been doing in this series, praying for some heaven to come to our place on earth. For God to bring heaven, the healing of heaven, the hope of heaven, right into where we are, into our hearts, our lives, our homes, our neighborhoods, our city, for God to bring heaven to earth. You gotta keep praying. In Romans 8, 26, it says, meanwhile, the moment we get tired in the waiting, God's spirit is right alongside helping us along. If we don't know how or what to pray, it doesn't matter. He does our praying in and for us, making prayer out of wordless sighs, our aching groans. He's saying when all you can do is just cry out to God. When the pain is so great that all you can do is just cry, If you're a Christ follower, somehow the Holy Spirit of God in you takes those tears and turns them into words that become powerful prayers that go straight to our Heavenly Father and he responds and answers those prayers. Says, even when I don't know how to pray, if I I just bring my hurt to God, if I just hurl myself upon God, then the Holy Spirit inside me will take that hurt, that pain, and turn it into a prayer, a prayer that God will hear and God will answer. And so when you're grieving, when you're hurting, even when you're mad at God, just hurl yourself at him. Hurl yourself at God in your anger and just say, God, I don't like this, it makes no sense, I'm so mad at you, God, why did you allow this? I don't understand, don't you even love me, don't you even care? Hurl yourself in anger at God and he will catch you and he will hold you. And the Holy Spirit inside you will take the anger and edit it. And he will edit it and take it right to our Heavenly Father in a prayer that prays for the exact thing that you need even when you don't know what you need. And God will answer that prayer. Take your confusion and hurl it at God. God, I'm so confused, this makes no sense. I don't even know how to pray, but I'm here, God, trying to pray but this situation I'm in is so complicated, I don't even get it, I don't understand why this is happening, and God, I just pour it all out to you, and the Holy Spirit of God will take that confusing, rambling prayer and turn it into specific, powerful words of exactly what you need from God, and God will answer that prayer. So even when you're walking through hell on earth, you keep praying. The only thing you can't do when you're going through pain is to turn away from God. 
God says, you can bring your anger to me. He's the rock of ages. He's strong enough to handle it. Even when everything in your life has been shaken and everything in your life is crumbling, you can hurl yourself upon the rock of ages who will never be shaken. And he will hold you and he will be strong. He will take the anger, the hurt, and the pain, everything. You just pour it out on him. He's big enough to handle it. And you pour it out on him and the Holy Spirit will intercede for you and pray exactly what you need, even when you don't know what to pray. As long as you keep coming to him and you keep praying, you keep praying, you don't quit and you keep praying and you keep praying and you don't give up, you just keep coming to him and he will bring heaven into your deepest wounds. He will bring heaven into your most broken places. He will bring heaven right into that hell on earth. And so you gotta keep praying, keep seeking him. And then secondly, that's it, keep seeking, keep praying, keep seeking. What do I mean by that? Well, in Romans 8, 27, the next verse, it says, and the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. And so when we begin to pour it out on God and we keep praying, and the Holy Spirit turns those tears into words, and they become a powerful prayer to God as to what we need, then God begins to move our hearts to his will. God begins to move our hearts from the question, why, why God, to where God is this pain leading me? We all ask why God. It's just human to do that. Why God, I don't get it. But really, if we knew all the answers, it wouldn't bring the comfort that we need. It wouldn't really help us that much. We would still be hurting deeply. And so what happens is when we pour it out all on God and we, and we hurl ourselves at God when we're hurting, God begins to turn our question from why to where. Where is this pain leading me? Because pain never leaves you where it finds you. God uses pain to point us in a new direction. And that's why someone here needs this next promise directly from God to you. It's in Isaiah 43, 19. God says this, see, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. God is saying, I'm directing you into something new. God uses pain to push us into his purpose because none of us would really pray for pain. God, send the very painful situation my way. God, I pray that you would send an overwhelming problem to me. No, we don't do that. And God knows that it's that pain that many times pushes us out of our comfort zone into our calling. It's the pain God uses to push us into his purpose for our lives or we'll miss out on that beautiful purpose that brings fulfillment. And so many times God will allow a painful situation into our lives to point us in a new direction. I want you to focus on that word now in that promise. God says, see, I'm doing a new thing, and now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? And I want to say, God, no, I don't see it at all. I can see a storm clouds swirling around me. God, I don't see the new thing at all. All I can see is the walls closing in on me. God, I don't see the new thing at all. All I can feel is the pain that I'm experiencing. No, I don't see it. And God says, don't you perceive it? It's happening right now in the middle of the pain. I'm already doing something new and amazing and beautiful in your life. Don't you see it? God is saying, 
open your spiritual eyes because it's right in the middle of the most painful problems in your life where God is already bringing the most heaven. We just can't see it at the time. I want you to know that God is using the pain to propel you into your purpose. And some of the greatest gifts that you'll ever receive in your life won't look anything like a gift when you receive them. Some of the greatest gifts that will make the greatest difference in your life won't look like a gift. They'll look like a terrible, overwhelming problem. And you just don't see it at the time. And some of the most destructive things that will ever come into your life, you will think are amazing gifts when you get them. But they'll destroy your life. See, for some of you, you'd love to have fame, millions upon millions of followers, to be a great influencer on social media or whatever that may be. I mean, it just seems like a wonderful thing, but you know what? God hasn't given it to you because it would destroy your life, maybe destroy your marriage and your family, and you look back and think, I wish that would have never happened to me. You just don't know it right now. Some of you would love to have wealth beyond your imagination and and God has said no because he knows that would destroy you. It would take you in a wrong direction. You wouldn't be able to handle it. He can't trust you with it because you haven't been trustworthy with what he's given you to put him first. And he knows that would be the worst thing that could ever happen. It would point you in a direction that would be meaningless. And at the end of your life, you'd have so many regrets. But it seems like it'd be a really good thing. So many of the things that we think would be the greatest gifts would be the worst things that could ever happen to us. And some of the greatest gifts, when we receive them, look nothing like a gift. They look like some of the worst things that could ever happen to us at the time. But then we can look back and say, if it wasn't for that gift, I would never be where I am. God, use that to propel me into my purpose. God, use that. Hear it all the time. People say, you know, 20 years ago, I went bankrupt. And it was the worst thing it seemed like at the time that it ever happened. But it was the greatest gift I ever received because it, I just changed everything. And I actually began to think about that new idea, this business that I have now that's making such a difference and God is using. And, but it would never happen if it weren't for that. I hear so many people who say, hey, 10 years ago, this happened to me and it was awful at the time, but now I realize I wouldn't be where I am with the Lord without that. It changed everything. God uses pain to propel us into our purpose. So I always wanna ask, where is this pain leading me? What new direction is God guiding me to? And some of you today have just received one of the greatest gifts you could ever receive. You've received the gift of an overwhelming problem. You just had no idea it was a gift because it, it was wrapped up. It was wrapped up as a terrible, terrible situation. You just need to look beyond that and see the amazing opportunity that it is to change directions, to go the way God is pointing you to. Some of you have received the gift of adversity, but you didn't think it was a gift or the gift of pain, or the gift of loss, these gifts that we would never want or want to give to anyone. But that gift can become the greatest gift 
that you've received. It's in the middle of pain. God is already doing something new and amazing. And so I wanna ask, God, where is this leading me? And one of the places it will always lead you is mentioned in 2 Corinthians 1.4. He comforts us every time we have trouble. So when others have trouble, we can comfort them with the same comfort God gives us. When you go through pain, God can use you to help someone else who's going through the same thing. God never wastes a hurt. God never wastes pain. We can waste it, but God never wastes it. He wants you to use it to help someone else who's going through the same thing. That's one of the great things about a big church like Woodland Church is I guarantee you that there's other people in this church family who have already been through what you're going through right now, who've already struggled with what you're struggling with and can be there to help you, have already gone through the same pain that you're going through right now. And when God brings you through it, you can help someone else. And that's why we have so many of these ministries that were all started by people who went through pain. Almost all the ministries at Woodland Church were started by someone who went through pain. Our divorce care ministry was started by someone who went through the pain of divorce. Our grief share ministry was started by someone who went through the pain of losing a close loved one. Our restoration ministry was started by someone who struggled with addiction. On and on I could go. It's the pain that propels us into our purpose. You remember Joseph, his brother sold him into slavery and then in slavery he was falsely accused and thrown into prison and left to rot. And I'm sure many times Joseph asked God the question why? Why, God, I'm doing everything right. I'm following you and all these bad things keep happening one after another. Every time I do something right like you call me to do, something bad happens. Why, God? But I'm sure that God, in his heart, would quickly turn Joseph to where, God, is this pain leading me? And I'm sure Joseph, in his heart, knew that each and every day he was to bring heaven to earth. He was to pray for some heaven to come down to that hell hole of a prison, some heaven to come down to where he was in slavery, for some heaven to come down, and heaven kept coming down everywhere he went. And I believe in his heart, Joseph knew that the pain was just positioning him for his destiny. You see, every problem, all the pain, was just positioning Joseph for his purpose. And that was to save the nation of Israel from extinction and to save all of Egypt from famine. As he became second in command, every problem that looked like he was just going down and down and down, God was really lifting him up, lifting him up, lifting him up, and putting him in that place, that one place where he could be identified and brought into the palace to become second in command in all of Egypt. And your greatest problem is what God is using to position you for your destiny. God is just positioning you for your destiny, and that's why we're to pray, God, open my eyes to see it, to see the new thing you're doing, where you're leading, where you're guiding so that you can bring some heaven right down to this painful place that I'm in right now because God can bring the most heaven into your place that's hurting the most in your heart, and God wants to bring heaven right into your heart. And then Joseph his brothers came back to him in Egypt. You know the story. They didn't recognize him at first. Here he is second in command, and he reveals himself to them, and in Genesis 50, 20, he says, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good, to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. He's saying, let's be honest, guys. You intended to hurt me badly, but it's okay, because God took all that you did to harm me, and he turned it into something amazing and beautiful and good. 
You see, you tried to hurt me, but God was positioning me for my destiny. Everything that you did to me, all the wrongs that you committed against me, God took it and used it to position me for my purpose. And there's no problem that comes into your life that will derail God's purpose for your life. There's no pain that can come into your life that can stop God's divine purpose for you. In fact, God uses it to position you for your destiny. And that's what's happening in some of your lives right now. Somebody intended to harm you. There are a lot of people out there that will intend to harm you, to hurt you, to walk all over you, to cheat you, stab you in the back. There are a lot of people out there that their intent is to hurt you, but every time someone intends to hurt you, God can take that and turn it into your purpose. He does it all the time. I want you to meet Bill and Colleen, some great members at Woodlands Church, and Bill grew up as a child in an abusive situation and was eventually put in foster care. And, and then after Bill and Colleen married, they had infertility issues that caused so much pain in their life and wondering why. But then it led them to start asking, where, God, is this leading us? And God used their pain to propel them into their purpose. Just watch. I met Bill through the home building industry, and he was very charismatic. And after our first date, um, we never left each other's side, and then 10 months later, we were married. From the time I was 10 until the time I was 13 was a, a very abusive uh, relationship with my mother's husband. Ultimately, that led to me being put into foster care because uh, my mother's husband literally beat me with a horse bridle. After I was in the home group home for a while, I eventually ran away. Well, then I became a runaway. And so they wouldn't take me back into that group home. So my mother had told them at that point, I don't know what you're gonna do with him, just keep him. They didn't have anywhere to take me or to place me at that point. And so I spent the night in jail for the first time at 13 years old. It's a pivotal point in my life because I knew that a healthy family environment is what I really wanted. I had two beautiful stepchildren. We had uh, gone through fertility for about 13 years. We knew we wanted to expand our family and there was still something that felt like was really lacking in our marriage um, that we couldn't have our own child. It wasn't as difficult for me because I had two kids. I, you know, I was, I was there when they were born, all those kind of things. I'd experienced those, but Colleen wasn't able to. And so it was very difficult for me to understand what she was going through. We got invited to come to Woodlands Church and um, it was the perfect message for us that day. Um, Pastor Kerry had two cars on stage, one that was the God's will car and one that was your will. And um, he very clearly articulated that you can be in one of those cars but there's one car that's the path for your life. And we were probably in the your will car and not necessarily, maybe we were passengers in the God, God's will car, but we were telling God how to drive. We had to stop and say, okay, we keep pushing forward, we keep pushing forward, and this is not happening. Okay, let's listen to what God wants us to do. When they say God shuts a door and you can't walk through it, that certainly is um, how he prepared us. Uh, Bill was in a really bad car accident and the fertility medicine that we were on, he could no longer take. So that door was completely closed. Everything about Woodlands Church has changed our perspective on how to handle things more faithfully and prayerfully and taking those steps even when they're hard. 
It really opened our eyes to a, a different way of thinking of, well, if, you know, if, if this is not meant to be for us to expand our family between the two of us, how can we reach out and help to change a different child's life? And so that led us to the Foster to Adopt program with Arrow Ministries. Taking that first step was a difficult thing. That was probably the most difficult thing for me. I don't have time. You know, I've got work to do. I've got these things. I've got every excuse in the book. Once I did it and we committed to it, then it was the easiest thing. And then the phone call came. <clears throat> and they called her and said, hey, we, we have three little children that we want you to come meet. And they're four, five, and seven. And of course, when she tells me, I'm thinking, wait, what? what? <laughs> Hold on. Well, that wasn't our, that wasn't our plan. This was God's plan. So we went to Arrow Ministries just to meet these children, and we were gonna take them for the weekend and do what's called respite, which is we were just gonna watch them for the weekend, see how things go, and then we were gonna turn around and bring them back to the foster family that they were with prior. Well, we took them home, and they, we basically made the decision at that point, and they never left. For them to finally be with us is, is, is life-changing for us. I mean, it, it, it truly is. You know, for the guys that are out there and you're afraid to take that step, take baby steps, go through the process. If it's really what you want to do, you'll do it. For so many years, I, the way that I looked at, at my experience was embarrassment. But now I tell the story in, for encouragement. You can change your life as well as others. I love that. That is a picture of what bringing heaven to earth looks like. You know, bringing heaven to earth is really where the rubber meets the road, isn't it? It's where our faith becomes practical. And Jesus told us to pray, Lord, you know, your kingdom come, Father. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And he invites us, God invites us to be a part of that process but to be a part of what God's doing, we have to know what God's heart is. And here, here is God's heart. As you read through the Bible, you will see that God's heart pounds incessantly for the weak, for the poor, for the homeless, for the orphans. His heart is constantly pounding for the least of these, for the poor and powerless. And so if we want to bring heaven to earth, then we need to align our hearts with God and this weekend is our foster care and adoption weekend here at Woodlands Church, where we highlight this ministry and let you know what's going on, bring it to the surface, because it's really easy to agree with God in theory that there are big issues in this world and they're really, really bad, right? It's easy to read the news and get discouraged and think, yeah, God, I agree with you. This is really bad, but what can I do, really? I'm just one person. And there's this massive systemic problem that permeates my community, my city, my country, and the world. So really, what can I do other than just say, yeah, God, I agree, this is bad. Well, God says, no, actually, his plan is that one-on-one, -on -one, one by one, we make a difference in the lives of the people around us. We were never called to change the whole world by ourselves. We're just called to join together as a family a believing family, and work together in the lives of the people around us. And God makes it very clear in Scripture that when we ignore the least of these, when we ignore the poor and powerless, 
around us that we are ignoring him. We are ignoring God. He makes that crystal clear. So God is very serious about this. So I want to let you know just a little bit about our foster and adoption ministry and what's going on and ways that you can get involved. Because as a big church, we can make a big difference. And that's what's so exciting to me. The Bible talks over and over about how we are a family. The body of Christ is a family. We're not all called to do the same thing. Some people are called to do one thing and some another. Some are in a support role, and every role is equally valuable. So if you've ever thought any time in your life, as many people have, oh, someday that's fostering or adopting, that's something I might think about, I encourage you to take the very baby step of joining us at 1.30 today after this service, and we're going to have a meeting in the 4-5 room upstairs in the children's building. It is, um, there's lunch provided. It'll start right at 1.30. It won't be for too long, but childcare is also provided, and you can come and find out details about what's going on. No, you aren't signing up to foster or adopt. You're coming to hear and to listen and to learn, just saying, you know what, God, I'm willing. I'm willing to just take that first baby step and see what might be available that, you know, or for a role that I could be a part of. Now, some of those roles are, include fostering or adopting. And to do that, uh, you go through and take several courses and learn things, but we're going to have a super weekend coming up where you can knock out a lot of those things all at one weekend. We're going to bring all those resources here to church so that in one weekend, one power weekend, you can learn and do so much to go ahead and be licensed to do that. We especially encourage men to really think about this. I mean, there are so many kids who long for a father figure, a strong man in their life. And there are also a lot of teens who need that strong fatherly figure. And so I encourage you guys to step up to the plate on this. You can also be in a role of supporting a foster family. And then this is, to me, this stuff is where the beauty of being in a church is so awesome. Because foster families need a lot of support. They need people to come alongside them. It can be really daunting and scary to not just feel like you're sailing into this on your own. But if you have a church family who's gathered around you, supporting you, cheering you on, it makes all the difference. And so some things that you can do include becoming a certified babysitter. Now, I didn't know this until recently, but um, now when you're a biological parent, if you want to have someone watch your child while you go to the dentist, do you have an appointment? Well, you just ask whoever you think is qualified. That might be a neighbor, a friend you know, the, the girl down the street. But foster families need to have certified caregivers. And so one thing that we could do as a church is if maybe you'd be thinking, well, that's something I could do. I could become certified to be a foster care um, babysitter. And I'll come alongside someone in our church. And when they have a doctor appointment, I'll be able to step up and say, yeah, I'd love to step in for a couple hours. That's a huge blessing, huge ministry. And you can... I, also become a, a grandparent, a foster grandparent. Now, this isn't something that requires a course, but it just is something that we could do within our church, whether it's an aunt, an uncle, a grandparent. Because when a child goes into foster care, when they're taken from their home and put into foster care, they lose not only the home that they grew up in and the family that they knew, they also lose contact with extended family. And so maybe you're thinking, you know, I could show up at a kid's ball game. 
I would love to just show up, you know, know the roster and come and support that child. I could pray for them. I could encourage them. And if maybe that's something you could do, you'd say, yeah, I could do that. I don't know if I can take care of a child on my own, but I'd love to just show up at a child's game and cheer for him. Or come over and help with homework one night and be a part of that child's life. Now, Carrie and I have been learning and getting up to speed really quickly in this. I became certified as a foster babysitter just recently because our son Josh and his wife Kelly um, recently um, took a foster child into their home. So we are now foster grandparents. And it's a whole new way of doing things, a whole new way to love, but it's the same loving as you would do for any child. And every child deserves love. Every child is created in God's image. So I'm not talking about something that, uh, that I wouldn't uh, require of myself. We're doing this, and we're loving it. And again, this is where the rubber meets the road, guys. In all these areas where we bring heaven to earth, you can think, hey, that's a little messy, and I have some problems of my own. But this is where God's love becomes so real and so visible in your life. Maybe you could provide dinner for, you may have heard that a lot of kids are staying in CPS offices overnight. Um, That's been in the news a lot lately because there are not enough families to take them. Maybe you'd say, well, I could provide dinner one night at one location for the kids who stay there. I mean, that's something I could do. Maybe you're thinking that, you know, I could be a part of helping out in our foster closet. We have a foster closet. I don't know if you knew that, but a foster closet, it's a room here at the church And we keep supplies in there for foster um, children who are placed into foster care for their emergency placement. A lot of times this comes up really quickly. And so a child is taken from a home, and the foster family gets a call, just like you, you saw in the video. And they get a call and say, hey, we have these children. And suddenly, you need clothes for a boy or a girl, or maybe you need baby clothes, baby formula, a stroller, a high chair. All kinds of things might be needed very urgently. And so we have a room here at the church that's just designated for that. And we keep it fully stocked so when a foster family gets a call, they're ready to go. That's one less thing they have to think of. And so you can go on our website, wc.org, click on the banner that says Foster and Adoption Ministry. It's a green banner. You can get all the details about all this stuff, and you can... Also, click a link from there to see what the needs are for the foster closet. You can click on a link to go to um, just an Amazon wish list. I mean, we make it that easy. But any way that you could be involved, maybe you'd say, you know what, I could be a shopper. I could come to the church. When a foster family gets that call, I could come to the church and get the things that they need and bring it to them and drop it off at their doorstep. There are so many opportunities. I could go on and on. But you get the idea. There's all kinds of ways that all of us could come alongside and help these kids who are in our community who've been taken from their homes and are at risk and love them, love them fiercely as a group, just love on them, love on the foster parents. Let these kids feel so special. I mean, I have a dream that our church would come alongside and you, you know, then there's a foster kid who has a, a ball game. There's 15 people there cheering for him you know, from our church, cheering for, for him. He has more kids, people there cheering than anybody else. You know, that in our foster closet, that there aren't just secondhand cast-off, torn-up clothes, but there's, you know, those uh, teens 
who have been shifted from home to home to home and never known love, that they go in there and they can shop, in a sense. They can go and they can choose you know, some, some items that they want to wear that fit them, that they are not cast-offs, that they are the most important. Jesus says over and over that the last shall be first. And so if we're going to be like him, we need to start treating the people in our community, the hurting, the poor, and the powerless that way. And so I encourage you, if you want to just find out more about this ministry, to take that baby step, you can attend the meeting at 1.30 today. Just head on over there, childcare, lunch, head on up there, and um, just learn more. There's no commitment, just learn. And the same exact meeting will be held this Tuesday at 6.30 at the Woodlands campus. There'll be childcare for that as well. But the bottom line is that if you feel like you've been walking through hell lately, as Carrie said, and we all have hidden hurts in our lives. Here's the secret. The secret to healing that hurt is to pour your life and pour God's love into someone else. And then in a way that only God can do, while you're focused on helping someone else, God will be filling that hole in your heart and ministering to you. So I just want you to be aware of all the foster care opportunities. Go to the website, click the link, stay for the meeting, uh, become a part of it. All of us can at least commit to praying. You know, and there could be a, a family or an individual child that you could pray for by name. So just a few thoughts for you to think about. Pray about it, guys. God uses tough times to turn us into his purpose. And he's positioning you. And when we bring heaven on earth, God brings heaven into our hearts. And so this week, I want you to open your eyes to see the needs of someone else. Do you not perceive it? God's doing something new and amazing in your life right now, but it'll be activated when you begin to see the needs of others. And as you meet the needs of someone else, God's gonna meet your needs. And this is an amazing way to bring heaven on earth and for your heart to align with God's heart. But then you wanna ask, what is the pain revealing about me? Where's the pain leading me? What's it revealing about me? Because pain exposes what's in our hearts, in our lives, and our character. It says in 1 Peter 1, 7, these trials will show that your faith is genuine, is being tested, as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. And so when the pressure is on, whatever's on the inside is gonna come out. You squeeze a tube of toothpaste, what comes out? Shaving cream? No, toothpaste. It's what's on the inside. You squeeze a lemon, what comes out? Sweet orange juice? No, sour lemon juice. That's what was on the inside. And sometimes when the pressure is on me and I burst out in anger, I think, that's not like me. Or when I'm really stressed, I do something dumb or selfish and that's not like me. But really, that was what was on the inside. When the pressure is on, what's on the inside is gonna come out. And it should be a, a question that we ask, what is this pain revealing about my character that needs to change, God? And God will show you, it will be revealed. And then what is the pain teaching me? C.S. Lewis said pain is the greatest teacher of all. In 2 Corinthians 12, nine, it says, each time, God said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. Paul prayed for God to take away this struggle, this weakness in his life, and God said, Paul, normally when you pray, I answer it right away. But on this one, 
I'm going to leave this struggle with you. I'm going to leave this pain with you. I'm going to leave this problem with you. I'm going to leave this weakness with you because it's in this weakness that it reminds you to turn to me and my power. And so in your weakness, I can be even stronger in your life. And it's our pain that pushes us to our knees to depend upon God. It's my weakness that makes me depend on God's strength so much more. So I find his power. You can't find God's power without your own pain. It's the pain that pushes you into God's power. And God can do something amazing through the pain, through the struggle. God wants to bring about his purpose in the pain. God wants to give you his presence in the pain. And God will give you his power in the middle of the pain. He'll bring heaven right into your deepest hurt. And that brings me to the third thing. We keep praying, we keep seeking, but keep trusting. Even when you can't see it, just keep trusting God. Keep trusting, don't give up. In Romans 8, 28 and 29, it says, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. For God, he knew his people in advance and he chose them to become like his son so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And so God's purpose is that he's making you more like his son, Jesus Christ. And the pain just chips away all the rough edges of your character that don't look like Jesus. The pain just takes away all of the things that don't look like Jesus in your life. And he's making you more like Jesus right now in the pain. But keep trusting because God's bringing heaven right now. Do you not perceive it? No, Carrie, all I, I see is his pain. All I see is problems. I can't see it. Well, open your spiritual eyes. Ask God to open your eyes this week to see that right now in the middle of the pain, he's bringing heaven. He's bringing the most heaven right there in your deepest hurt. God wants you to see it. He's doing it now. He's doing it right now. He's given you a great gift, and he wants you to receive that gift. And then he wants the blessings to come out of it. God is up to something great. Do you not perceive it? Let's pray. Dear God, help us perceive it. Help us really open our spiritual eyes to see that the pain we're going through right now, you're using it, Lord, to do something new and amazing in our lives that we're gonna look back on and say, thank you, Lord, because I would have never, never been pushed into a new direction without the pain. And so, Lord, I pray that you would help us begin to see where the pain is leading us. And that we would see what the pain is revealing about us and our character that needs to become more like you. What it's teaching us, Lord. And I thank you, Lord, that you've always used pain to teach me to depend upon you. Without the pain, I probably wouldn't pray. Without problems, I probably wouldn't pray. But Lord, we thank you that it's our problems that turn us to you and we find your power so that you can do things in and through us that we can never do in and of our own strength. And I pray right now, Lord, that you would bring heaven to collide with this place we're in right now. Bring heaven into the homes of everyone worshiping with us right now online. Bring heaven right into our campus in Atascacita, right into our campus here in the Woodlands and through all the places, Lord Jesus, we minister in this area and around the world. Bring heaven to collide with earth. Bring the healing of heaven into relationships. Bring the restoration of heaven into broken hearts, broken lives, broken relationships. Bring restoration and healing and hope directly from heaven right now. 
For it's in Jesus' name that we pray, amen. If you've never received Jesus, you can receive Jesus Christ right now. And all you have to do is just pray silently, Jesus Christ, I need you in my life. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I want you to be the Lord of my life. I accept your free gift of heaven one day. That's all you gotta do. And he'll come into your life because this promise is only for those who are Christ followers, who've trusted him. So make sure you've trusted Christ and let someone know about it. If you're online, just click, I'm raising my hand to receive Christ. If you go out in the foyer, you'll run into some of our great uh, welcome team members, tell them. We wanna get you information on how to grow in your faith. Well, now we're at the part of our service where we give back to God and we give because we love him. And when we give, we become more like him. For God so loved the world that he gave. God is a giver, not a taker. And God wants to give to you blessings, but he lets you determine the blessings because God says with the measure you use, let it be measured unto you. We get to choose how much God blesses us and so let's give because we love God and we love the blessings that he gives us and it's okay to pray God bless me as long as it's you're praying God bless me to be a blessing to someone else. We're blessed to be a blessing and so God wants to Bless you to be a blessing. He wants to bless you with things that money can't buy and he wants to meet your needs. And the Bible promises that when you give that God will meet your needs. But you give because you love him and you love what he's doing through the ministries and missions of Woodland Church. We give because we love God. There are many ways to give. You can give through the offering right now. If you're at home worshiping online, you can give by going to wc.org give and set up recurrent giving. You can give wherever you're at by just taking out your smartphone and texting the word GIVEWC to 77977. Or you can give by mailing in your gift. You can give stocks and assets. Just contact our administration team here at the church. But give because you love God. Put him first in this area. As we stretch and step out in faith to meet the needs of people in this area and around the world, give. And by the way, in two weekends, as we conclude the series, Heaven on Earth, we're having our big Heaven on Earth Serve Weekend. We're mobilizing every one of you to come up here on Saturday morning at 10 o'clock, and we're gonna go out throughout the community, and we've got all kinds of things that are planned for you to do to serve the community, to serve the under-resourced, to serve those who are in need, to serve those who are hurting, and God's gonna use you powerfully. And then on the weekend services, Saturday night and Sunday morning, we're gonna cut the weekend services a little bit short to go out into the foyer of our campuses and we're gonna pack 80,000 meals and we're gonna put them in shipping containers right here and then we're gonna send them to our teams in Haiti. We minister to hundreds of people in the Marmalade area. We minister to thousands of people overall in Haiti and there's a food shortage and so we're gonna get it right to them because we have people on the ground right there, right now, all the time, making a huge difference. And so we're gonna do some great things with God's power. A big church can make a big difference when our eyes are off ourselves and onto God and others and that's what you're doing at Woodland Church and that's why I'm so proud of you. You're just being Jesus to people. You're bringing heaven to earth and so it's gonna be a huge serve weekend two weeks from this weekend. Don't miss it. Let's stand. And I just wanna really encourage you this week, Woodland Church, I just have it on my heart to tell you to open your heart this week because love is on the way. Open your heart because blessings are on the way. But before you open your heart, ask God through his Holy Spirit to open your eyes spiritually to see the needs of someone else, to look to 
someone else's hurt, someone else's pain, and to meet that need, to step into that situation. You be heaven to them on this earth. You may be the only heaven, the only Jesus that's in their life. You see, I don't know everything about the people you work with or the people in your neighborhood, but I know this, they're hurting. Everyone is carrying a hidden hurt, and you can be heaven to their hurt if you'll ask God to open your eyes. And the amazing thing is, when you open your eyes and you meet the needs of someone else, God meets your needs. So open your heart because God has a blessing for you. God has a blessing for you this week. You know, Jabez in the Old Testament prayed, God bless me a lot, and God loved that prayer. Why? Because he knew he needed God's blessing. And it was for an unselfish reason. God bless me more so that I can be more of a blessing. And I think that's a good thing to pray this week. God bless me a lot. I need your blessing, and I need to be a greater blessing to people in my life, the people around me, to my church family. I need to be a greater blessing, and I need you desperately. And so would you open your heart this week because love is on the way. If you walk this week with your eyes to the ground spiritually, you're gonna miss the great blessing that God's gonna bring into your life. You can't walk around with your eyes down spiritually. You gotta walk with your head up, walking as a child of the king and looking to meet the needs of someone else and then you are gonna find the love that is on the way for you, that God has for you, the blessings, the gifts that God is gonna bring into your life this week if you'll open your heart because one of the things that you do whenever you're hurting, naturally, you close your heart down but I'm asking you to do something supernatural this week. In the middle of the pain, you open your heart. Open your heart to others, open your heart to God, and love is on the way. And we're gonna sing a song that our team put together, Woodlands Worship, Love is on the Way. And Josh is gonna lead it, and Josh and Kelly, you know, have taken in a a foster baby, and um, they've experienced so much love that's on the way, because their hearts are open. Love is on the way for you. And God knows what you need. Even if you don't, he knows what you need and it's coming, but you gotta open your spiritual eyes and walk with your head high as a child of God and look to meet someone else's needs and that love is on the way and you will not miss what God has for you. Let's sing, Woodland Church, and let's praise the Lord Jesus because he gets all the credit for all that he's doing in your life and in this church. Hey church, thanks for listening to the Woodlands Church with Carrie Shook podcast. By listening, we hope that you're encouraged wherever you are. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast so that you can get the latest messages each week. For more information on Woodlands Church, check out the description for a link to our website and how to connect with us. We hope you have a great week.